This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 515. Welcome to the show. Great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we're coming to you live from New York at the Samsung Galaxy Unpacked event. And we're going to talk about what was launched at that event, the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 4, the Galaxy Z Flip 4, also the Watch 5, Watch 5 Pro and the Buds 2 Pro. And we're also going to be talking to Samsung Australia's head of mobile, Gary McGregor. We're also going to discuss Apple's new plans to be completely carbon neutral. We're talking not just through their own businesses and manufacturing, but also through to the end customer. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Sennheiser Momentum 4 noise-canceling headphones. We're also going to take a look at the Asus ROG Phone 6. That's Republic of Gamers Phone 6. And Snapchat have created a new safety feature that we'll also talk about. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, we are here in New York. Our Samsung Galaxy Unpacked was just a few days ago, and we're going to talk, first of all, of the phones, the foldable phones, the Galaxy Z Fold 4 and the Galaxy Z Flip 4, and then we're going to have a chat to Gary McGregor. The Z Fold 4 and the Z Flip 4, two foldable devices which use very similar technology yet are... I think designed for completely different customers. The the Fold 4 is more your more high-end device. It is more expensive. Uh, it is for your on-the-go multitasker. Has that front larger front screen, 6.2 inch screen. Uh, that opens up like a book, and then it becomes a you're then looking at a 7.6 inch display. And on that internal display, of course, you can do things like view your content full screen look at your photos, and uh, even multitask. You can run up to three different apps at the same time. Uh, so that that's it just, give, just gives you a lot more screen real estate to get what you need done. Uh, the, the improvement this time out is that front screen. It, it, is, it is larger. It does, it does give you a little bit more room to move. So the, the previous screens, the previous front screens on the Fold 4 weren't quite big enough to make full use of. They were good just to look at notifications and do the short message, but uh, I, I found that I had to open up the device and use the, the larger 6.7-inch display. But now with this, with this uh, larger front screen, I find that I'm open, opening the, the fold, the, the screen, a lot less often. And that might sound strange, but... You don't want to be have, having to open up the phone all the time. There are times where you need like a one-handed little job or a little notification or something to get done really quickly without having to stop and then use two hands to open the phone because you can't open it with one hand. You've got to stop, put it, whatever you've got in your hand, you've got to take it out of your hands and open it. So I look at opening the screen as a luxury something that you want to do, enjoy your content, do what you need to do, do some work, but it's only when you have the time to sit down and get the work done. I, I, I like the fact that that larger screen allows you to get more done without un, un, opening the phone. It's, I think, as I said, it's, it's a luxury to do that. You, you want to open the phone when you, when you have the time to do it and you can enjoy it. There are times when little quick messages you might need to send, you might need to respond to a notification, that can all be done a lot easier now with that larger front screen. The uh, the Z Flip 4 has a 6.7-inch display, and that literally folds in half. So it's for those customers who want who like a big screen but don't like carrying a big phone. So you think about that. That's the cost of doing business. If you want to buy uh, a 6.7, 6.8-inch device you are stuck with that size device unless you have the Flip 4, which you can fold it in half 
and then you can then refer to the 1.9 inch front display which also has a little bit more functionality as well. So you can you can do things like answer messages, make and receive calls, use it to pay for things if you've got a Samsung wallet or Google wallet. So it is more functional. And you can there's other range of things like control your music and your podcast, whatever you happen to be listening to as well. Uh, just back to the Fold again, I, I, I do like the fact that the the front screen is that is bigger, but the dis, the, the actual device isn't bigger. They've, they've gotten back the space by making the bezel smaller. Even in the main screen as well, they have made the bezels a little tighter, so that you just get it's now virtually an edge to edge, uh, edge to edge display. Now let's talk about the hinge. The opening it opens really smoothly, and it opens perfectly flat when when it is opened. You still can see the crease, uh, and and that you can see the crease until you're looking at something, and then you can't see the crease. So if you're looking at watching a movie or looking at a photo or reading your email, you cannot see that because you're focusing on your content. And I think that that's uh, the 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 crease, uh, the, the 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 technology as it is today. That's the best they can do. Speaking of that hinge, by the way, on the flip and on the fold. It was made. The hinge, the hinge is actually a little bit smaller, so that they have redesigned that hinge. Instead of instead of having the, the typical folding parts of the hinge, there are now parts that roll inside the hinge, and that that makes it a, a, a able to be contained in a much smaller space. Uh, and again, they're they're making use of that. I did notice when I saw the Z fold for the first time, I did notice it was slightly lighter, slightly thinner slightly smaller so uh, yet the screen sizes haven't been compromised which i think is a move in the right direction now the larger screen of course can be used with the s pen on the z fold 4 and it's really responsive works great like real paper on on a on like a real pen on paper uh, my only my only downside of that is the fact you can't store the S Pen inside the device. You can only carry it in your pocket or buy a special case where there's a pocket for the S Pen. So it's actually with the phone, but there is no room like the S22 Ultra where you can slide the S Pen inside the device itself for storage. With the S Pen with the Z Fold 4, you have to carry it in your pocket or in a special case and you know what? You don't even get the S Pen with the phone. That you have to purchase that separately. So you 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 don't. Uh, it's not in the box. Uh, the only thing that comes in the box is the phone itself, and a cable, a charging cable. You know, there's no brick charging brick. So it's typical what you get with a phone nowadays. And Apple does the same thing. You just get the phone and a cable, and and that's it. And in the case of the Z Fold 4, no, no S no S Pen. That, that has to be purchased separately. Uh, flex mode has also come to the the Galaxy Z Fold 4 as well. It was already with the Z Flip 4, uh, Flip, the 3, uh, also there for the 4. We'll talk about the Flip 4 more in a second. But the flex mode with the Z Fold 4 now means you can position the device comfortably. You can watch content like YouTube videos on the inside or the outside screen, uh, or the front screen. And you can, uh, and then you can also use the cameras so there are there are, you can set it up to take a selfie and uh, and shoot video just on the camera that has also seen a decent improvement too there are three lenses on the rear panel 12 megapixel ultra wide 10 megapixel telephoto with up to 30 times space zoom and three times optical zoom and a 50 megapixel wide camera that's the first fold with with space zoom and up to 30x which is pretty good uh, and when you're shooting with the main screen you can open up either, you can use the whole screen as your viewfinder, or if you want to switch to capture mode or view mode, you can actually, the, you can tap the function, tap the mode, and you'll still have your viewfinder on the right-hand side of the screen, and then down the left-hand side of the screen, you'll see all the photos you've just taken, so you can scroll through them as you're taking them. So all in all, I think that the Fold 4, it, it, it's an incremental improvement. The design is still pretty much the same as last year, apart from those improvements in size, the hinge and the, the bezel, thinner bezels. But it's basically same design, just a bit lighter, just a bit smaller. The Z Flip 4 uh, will be really popular, I think, among younger users uh, because it, it's a stylish device. 
It also, of course, it's going to be popular because of its capabilities. Now, design-wise, the Flip 4 also has slimmer bezels and brings the screen up to 6.7 inches. So unfolded looks like a regular phone. Uh, it looks like just like a regular smartphone, but then, of course, you can fold it in half and it, and it reduces down to a more compact size that easily slips, slips into your pocket or your bag. And when again, when you, when you fold the phone, do you remember when you used to have a flip phone? And you would uh, end a call, or just when you finish using the phone, you just you just shut it, you just close it. It gives you that satisfying snap. Uh, you get the same you get the same look and the same feel of that with the Z Flip Four for sure. Uh, flex Cam, of course, I mentioned Flex Mode. Flex Cam has expanded Flex Mode. Now really gives you a lot more options to shoot your videos and your photos. You can shoot uh, videos, you can make video calls. So you, what you do is open it halfway. So open it to 90 degrees, looks like a little laptop. Rest the, uh, rest the device on a surface. And that way you've got your hands free to, to you capture multi-angle shots, it's a, whether it's a selfie, you, you, you can make video calls as well. And, and, and with that angle, it does help you create capture uh, different angle shots. You think about it, if you fold, so your typical phone, which is just a slab, you to, to get a high angle shot, you can't really see what you're shooting unless you, uh, it's, unless you sort of turn your head around. But with the fold, with the flip four, with, with the phone bent, uh, folded to 90 degrees, you can see the viewfinder, you can see what the camera is seeing through the viewfinder at that extended that, that in that in that position so you can do like top down shots and overhead shots and low angle shots it really does give you a few more options there are a few apps also have been optimized for flex mode as well uh, whether you're viewing or shooting so the top half of the screen uh, is gives you viewfinder the bottom half allows you to control playback and or utilize it as a trackpad and things like that as well um, and I mentioned also the front screen, it is a lot more functional. You do get access to a, a lot of uh, functionality without, again, without having to open the phone. You can only open the phone when you want to, when you really need to. You can still get a lot done with the, with the device closed. Now, the Z Flip 4, another major improvement is a larger battery. The 3,700 milliamp hour battery is what's on board the Z Flip 4, and that will come as welcome news to Z Flip 3 users. That was probably one of the downsides of the Z Flip 3 was the, the battery really struggled to get through an entire day. Uh, Samsung has addressed that both in terms of the efficiency of the product, but also with that larger battery life. Now, on that, I think uh, it's time for us to now have a chat to Gary McGregor from Samsung Australia about these new devices. Gary, welcome back to the Tech Guide podcast. I'm super excited to be back at the Tech Guide podcast, Stephen. Well, we're, we're in New York again, and here we are for yet another launcher. This time out, of course, the Galaxy Z Fold 4, the Galaxy Z Flip 4. Mm -hmm. And based on what I've seen here at the launch, it seems to me it's the right time to be launching another foldable device. Well, we could not be more excited about the, the timing of this next foldable device. There's a lot of really interesting insights out there that are telling us the market is, is ready. One of them being consideration for foldables in the market and in Australia has doubled in the last 12 months with Gen Z in particular. It's over 300% uh, greater than it was this time last year. We've seen more of these products in the wild than, than ever before. And there are more searches out there now for foldable devices. So the, the days of Australians upgrading their, their smartphones blindly, I think, is, is gone. There's obviously a lot of interest, and we feel as though this is the most complete offering with our fourth-generation foldable. And, of course, the, 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 the Z Fold 4, sort of more for your, your power user, multitasker. But the, the Flip 4 is for – is this the one that's appealing to the Gen Zs and the, the, the younger demographic? Very much so. The, the Flip's garnering a, a lot of uh, attention. You're right. The, the Z Fold is fantastic for that power user. People that still romanticise with the pen as well and that switching between work and life balance – Flip is very much the, the design focus, the ability to not compromise on screen, but you can close it and also protect the screen. And the fact it can personalize, there is so much vibrancy and technology should be fun. So there is a, there's a lot of interest there. And what interests us within that is that nearly 30% of people that turn on a flip in Australia for the first time are coming from another smartphone brand. Right. 
And that's really, really interesting. So you're saying that the folding, the foldable has attracted them to Samsung? It has done. From, from another yes. brand, which doesn't have a foldable. Yeah, that, that's right. And I think we're, as, we're now in the fourth generation, so we've taken all the feedback. There's been some very public challenges with this category when we first launched it. But we're now getting specifications that are, uh, and the, the way the products work is fitting of the, the price and the reliance that you have on that technology. So let, let's talk about the acceptance, if you like, in the market. I know this is the fourth generation, and I know early on there were the, the early adopters jumped straight in, but the, it's, it's the mass market you want to attract. So are we at a point now where people are looking at this as a viable next phone for them now? Is, has the market matured that much? Yeah, we believe the market has matured that much. So uh, people searching for foldable, people asking about foldable. Our biggest challenge this time around is how it's almost seeing is believing. There are still so many people that when you open up a foldable or they see one for the first time, they're blown away with this concept of how does glass fold? That's mm-hmm. just that's just mind-blowing. So they're, they're now searching, they're now doing their homework. And what I would say is the market has, in terms of units in Australia, has slowed down a lot now. I'd almost say it's starting to go backwards a little bit, but people are spending more on their mobile technology than ever before. So they're a lot more considered. They're doing their own research. They are going into stores and asking for advice and that confidence, and rightly so, because it's a significant piece of equipment. The last few years has taught us that our relationship with our mobile has never been more important. So we feel the time is now, we feel the technology is now, and we feel the market is waiting and ready. So the we, people, by what you just said, the people are investing in the technology now because of the it will, its capabilities and how we used our tech in the last couple of years. So a device like a foldable, like the Z Fold 4, would be, that's kind of a mobile office really, isn't it, for, for the right user? Oh, that, that's right. The ability to multitask and have three screens operating at the at the one time so you can do your email whilst uh, watching something like the, the lines have blurred between uh, working and play because a lot of us are still at home a lot of us are mobile we're on the go so yeah the, the fold really fitted that bill and it's got the the most amazing loyal base we always spoke about the note base being incredibly loyal the fold base and the the willingness to keep upgrading every year to the latest is, is key with them so with with the foldables you obviously samsung you you kind of you you, you got this this segment to yourself it's fair to say mm. how, how does that feel knowing that there's no other brand challenging this kind of form factor it's a great opportunity and it's one where we we need to make sure that we are we're meeting the needs of the market uh, i think with all early technology sometimes it can feel that we're innovating for innovation's sake but this time around with foldable it really feels as though we're meeting the needs of the market. We, we've listened, and Samsung does a, a phenomenal job as an organization of listening to, to each of the countries. And little old Australia gets listened to more than most because technology adoption and foldable adoption in particular in Australia is higher than many other countries across the, the globe. Is that right? So let's it talk is. about that. So Aussies, we, we like our foldable. So per capita, like we're, we're punching above our weight, are we, in terms we're, of the foldable adoption? We are punching above our weight, and we were significant number of units that, that have been sold over the last few months. Uh, proportionally, foldable is already a big portion of our premium business, and that is only only going to grow. So, yes, we're really interesting, though, in that 50-50 sales, so 50% are flip, 50% so, are fold. Okay, so it's where, that clear, really. Where yeah. other markets are a lot more weighted towards flip, and I think some of that is financial, obviously. But uh, yeah, we're we're still very much, people are investing uh, technology adoption, application adoption. We are one of the most formative markets in the world. So would you say this time out, mate, fourth generation in, it's an easier sell to the market now? I think it is. If we look at, and obviously we we look for for cues, particularly at, at this stage. And yeah, being in New York, there's a there's a lot of hype and a lot of buzz. But we've we've gone out. We've been teasing people around the fact that this is coming. The response to the the tease has been the number of people registering to get more information has been higher than ever. There are more searches than than ever. And if I look at how our partners, so in Australia, obviously working very closely with Telstra, Optus, TPG Telecom, as well as our key retail partners, they are treating this like a flagship launch. The days of a, a limited range or a one corner in the store uh, are well and truly gone. They are behind it like it's a mainstream event now. 
And you were saying earlier that the adoption has increased how, how much in year on year in the last couple of years? Well, to, to give you an idea of scale, it was a multiple of 10 as to wow. what we have sold last year versus the, the year before. This year, uh, going on, we, we expect that it will never be a multiple of 10. We're getting into crazy numbers, but we expect that to double again, maybe even treble in this market. So adoption is significant. Let's talk about the device itself. Let's start with the Z Fold 4. Had a, it's had a slight change. So the front <laughs> screen, I'm really happy to see the, the front screen's bigger. Is that the result of customer feedback or ha, what, who made that decision? Absolutely. That's, uh, that, that's come out of our R&D business. Now, I've spoken to you before about the significant amount of money and investment that goes in. It's all very well investing in research and development, but actually listening and taking feedback and meaningfully iterating a product and that that's what we've done here so the the feedback was very much that the front screen uh, to try and use with both hands because it was quite difficult and with with one hand it was almost just too much of a stretch so what we've done is we've almost shortened the screen a little bit we've made it a little bit wider which is doesn't sound much here on a podcast but in reality it makes such a difference in your hand yeah, we've well, actually thinned I can down attest the to device that. as I well. did notice a difference yeah it, it is that big, big screen it was noticeably larger yes and uh, I think that was part of my review last year that uh, that be good to see a bigger front screen <laughs> and we remembered that and, one too. and but inside too this is it slightly bigger also inside the screen in the, the inside screen that's right so the the screen is still the same size in terms of 7.6 yep. inches however we really pushed it out to the borders and the aspect ratio is slightly different as well. But again, it's more immersive viewing experience. It's a more complete screen. And the uh, the screen technology as well, and the hinge technology, I should say, the hinge technology, that's been enhanced. You've had four four goes at it now, so you're getting better at the hinge as well, aren't you? <laughs> I, I met the, the person responsible for the manufacturing of the hinge a few months ago, and I, I became a hinge expert. And, you, and <laughs> I, I, res, I respect them for it. It has been this gentleman's yeah. life for a long time, but I can't begin to tell you the amount of work that went into that hinge and how what might to the naked eye look a small difference, I can promise you the technology that went into that and the smarts that went into that, it really is optimised for the best experience. So we're talking about, obviously, it all, all, always folded out flat. I noticed the crease is a bit less obvious. Is that, a, is that it, another result of that improved is. hinge? The, the work of the hinge has really smoothed out the, the crease as well. So, yeah, it's, it's very, very smooth. And that, that was one of the pieces of feedback. People would open it. And if you're not familiar with it, you find yourself staring at it. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people were staring at it on a blank screen. Once you start having contact, running on it, it dissolves into the background. But that that was that's absolutely right. So the the screen is really really as smooth as you can get. And I, I noticed too that the uh, the flex mode involved you having to optimize certain apps and third party apps came to the party to be optimized in that mode as well. Yeah, that's right. I think that's what one of the the biggest and one of the features that we're most proud of at, at Samsung is the the ability we, we've worked with big partners with the, the Instagrams with the the TikToks of the world to make sure that they, their applications are optimized. They're they're using our our native cameras within the the product as well. And yeah, flex mode is a real unsung hero of these these products. So the ability to put the the device down and have it at an angle, and now you can control one half of your screen is the, the content of the person you're looking at. And the bottom half is generally that's your control panel as well. So you are fully in control. And that applies, of course, to the, the Z Flip 4 as well. So Absolutely. That, that, I think to me, I remember that was the first one that really leveraged the the flex mode, was take, taking those selfies with, with the, the Flip. So having the, the Flip 4 uh, is also, uh, I think that's going to be probably one of the most popular features, the flex mode on the Flip 4. Uh, flip 4 and the flex mode, you're absolutely right. It's one of the, the feedback we get is, and we've had it from yeah people who are video calling grandparents overseas to... Uh, sports stars who use it to basically play back their their form and understand what they're doing and where how they can improve and where they can and that's the beauty of mobile technology the smarts that you now have in a fifteen hundred dollar product you are literally paying double treble and then some just to have a specialized piece of equipment it's all there and in, in your pocket now and I understand too pricing you've kept it the same as the Gen three how how hard was that. That would have been a, a, an accomplishment to keep it at that price. It is an accomplishment. You're, you're absolutely right. And the, and it's no secret. Uh, component costs are, are increasing. 
Uh, logistics costs are increasing. Uh, everything, most tech companies go back to US dollars as the common currency and Forex rates haven't been entirely kind either. But m myself and the team in, in Australia, we, we were really, really keen because we know Australians have been doing it tough and are going to do it tough for the coming months as well. But we, we wanted to keep the price the same. So we want this device to appeal, the, particularly the flip and the fold, to as many Australians as possible. So, yeah, we worked very, very hard to keep that pricing the same as last year. Well, I look forward to getting uh, getting it in my hands, the, both the Fold 4 and the Flip 4. Gary, really appreciate your time to come onto the podcast today. Thank you very much, Stephen. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. All righty. We're going to talk about the other products that were announced. It wasn't just all about smartphones. It's Samsung's Galaxy Unpacked. We're also going to talk about the new watches that were unveiled, the Samsung Watch 5 and the Watch 5 Pro. Now, the Galaxy Watch 5 is available in two sizes. There's a 40mm version and a 44mm version. Watch 5 Pro is only available in 45mm, and it's aimed at sort of your more serious athlete, sort of if you're an outdoors person. Talk about that in a second. On the health side, of course, they've got all these things built in. It's got a heart rate monitor, ECG, blood pressure monitor, blood oxygen, fall detection and the watch 5 it, it has kind of inherited the design of the watch 4 like very minimalistic uh, swappable bands different colors uh, they do have a new new health metrics as well so you can do things like you can have comprehensive sleep monitoring and sleep coaching so not only will it hear you it'll tell you whether you're snoring It'll tell you whether you need to go to bed earlier. It'll it'll uh, it'll it tell you give you hints to improve your sleep habits so that you're getting enough sleep, getting enough of the right sleep, and uh, helping you achieve your health and wellness goals. It's and of course it's it's there for exercise for your notifications. It's a smartwatch as well. Give gives you all of those also. Now the Samsung Watch Pro Five. That has more GPS functionality. So as I mentioned, if you're more an outdoors person, if you're a more serious athlete, you can get route workout GPS navigation. You also get turn-by-turn -turn navigation. And you get an interesting feature as well called trackback. So what this means is that it uses GPS to allow you to return safely to your starting point. So imagine if you're somewhere unfamiliar. Say you've landed in a in in a you're right here in New York, and you want to go out for a run, and you you off off you go. You might not know the city very well. You might get to a point where you think, where the hell do I go now? You you might get lost. And this trackback feature allows you to go exactly back the way you came. So it'll give you turn by turn instructions on how to return to your starting point. Now you think about that also if you're a, if you're a hiker. Imagine going out into, the, into on a bushwalk or somewhere out some remote place where there's no street signs, there's nothing to guide you. But this this trackback feature could potentially avoid you becoming lost. How many times have we seen that on the news? Hikers lost in the middle of nowhere, they don't know where they're going. Well, this feature alone could help them return exactly to their starting point. So the GPS, uh, the track back is like like a breadcrumb sort of scenario where you can track back the exact path that you chose that you that you came to where you are and then return safely home. The Watch 5 Pro is 60% stronger than the Watch 4. It's got enhanced sapphire crystal glass and a titanium body. So it is stronger all around. It does have a slightly more enhanced design as well. It is bigger. I mentioned already it's, it is a, it is a 45 millimetres. Now, just on uh, what I didn't mention in the previous segment is the pricing of the foldable phones. I'll, I'll tell you that now. The, 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 the big achievement, and you heard that, that you would have heard this in our interview with Gary earlier, I think one of the biggest achievements is the fact that these, the phones are the same price. So the Z Fold 4 is priced at $2,499. That's for the 256 gig. 2699 for the 512 gig and 2999 for the 1 terabyte that's a Samsung store exclusive if you want a terabyte of space you can only buy that from Samsung plenty of bonus offers too like a memory upgrade so if you order say the 256 you'll get the 512 for the same price so that that's a, an added bonus and if you also there's a lot of trade in options as well you can get big dollars for your previous fold or the, the flip 
for the brand new devices. Uh, the, the Flip 4 pricing starts at $1,499 for the 256 gig, $1,649 for the 256 gig, sorry, for the 512 gig, and the uh, $1,849 for the 512 gig. And there's also a bespoke version which you can uh, purchase, and, and this means you can design the, the device yourself. So uh, there's 256 gig memory on that one, but you can choose the, the color frame, the front and back panel colors. Uh, if you look at our video on our hands-on story, you'll, I filmed a bespoke model being made, and you'll see me choosing the colors, and it goes off and makes it in like less than a minute. It is incredible. Uh, and again, there are a lot, lot of memory bonus offers, so memory upgrade offers as well, and not just through Samsung, Optus, Vodafone, and Telstra. All of them are listed on our story on Tech Guide if you want to check them out for yourself. Uh, but just on back on the watches, the watches uh, they the Watch Five is priced at four hundred and ninety nine dollars for the forty millimeter Bluetooth, five ninety nine for the forty millimeter LTE. The it's five forty nine for the forty four millimeter Bluetooth and six forty nine for the forty four millimeter LTE. The Samsung Galaxy Watch Five Pro is seven hundred and ninety nine dollars for the Bluetooth version and eight hundred and forty nine dollars for LTE, and that is uh, again the forty five millimeter size. Uh, not to that. That's not the end of the line for the products. They did announce one more, and that was the Galaxy Buds 2 Pro. They always seem to time a pair of uh, some some buds whenever there's a new phone released. This year's no exception. This is the first year, by the way, they've, we've had an in-person launch with Samsung since 2019. That's the last time I was in New York and I was a guest of Samsung at that time, as I am a guest of Samsung this time. That was the last time we were here, and I think it was for the Galaxy Note 10 launch, which was in 2019. Uh, the Buds Pro, Buds 2 Pro have a sleeker design. They're actually 15% smaller than the previous model. The new Galaxy Buds Pro, Buds 2 Pro, they now support 24-bit audio, which means high-res audio uh, is on the table. They also have intelligent active noise cancellation to help block out ambient sound. The ambient mode also lets you hear all your surroundings, and it can be activated by a new feature called Voice Detect. This isn't a new feature in the market. Sony had this as well. It's just called something different, which means voice detect means it'll turn off ANC, active noise cancellation, when it hears you talking. So if you, uh, say, walk up to a counter and order a coffee, ANC cuts out your music pauses, ambient, ambient mode, I think, comes on at the same time and you're able to then be heard. And then once you stop talking a few seconds later, it, it does uh, resume. And the downside, as I've always said, is if you love singing along out loud to your music, well, you have to turn that feature off in the settings because it's going to constantly turn off ANC and pause your music. So, yeah, uh, you may have to adjust uh, adjust the settings if you do like to sing to your songs. Uh, it does also have 360 audio. That's a feature that Sony's had in their headphones for quite a while. And also, here's what I like too, is that they've added uh, ease of connectivity here, and we're not just talking being pairing the Galaxy Buds 2 Pro to a smartphone or tablet or computer. They can just as easily now be paired to a TV. TVs, smart TVs today all have uh, Bluetooth, and the Galaxy Buds 2 Pro uh, compatible with TVs can easily be paired. The, uh, they're available in graphite, white, and bore purple, as are the, the Flip 4s available in several colours as well, including bore purple. Uh, the, the, the Flip 4 also is available in black. Uh, there's also a beige colour as well, uh, and blue. And the Fold the fold 4, there's Phantom Black, Grey Green, and Beige, and they also have, I think the beige color in the Fold 4 is more sort of more to attract a female user. They're, 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 I think they've been pretty much male dominated. They're just sort of big and they're big and, and sort of high-end phones. So I think the beige might be a move to attract a, a female user to, to the, uh, the Fold 4. But they are, that, that's all we have there. That's all the products that Samsung announced at Galaxy Unpacked here in New York. Uh, and as we heard from Gary, the, the market, I think, is ripe for the foldables. So they're, they're eventually, as he said, eventually this is going to become their flagship product. And while they're kind of in the market by themselves, 
they are still innovating. They're still they're still trying to obviously making it better year on year, and, and we're only going to see it improve. I think you're going to see it get thinner and bigger and lighter, and, and as the technology evolves, it's going to become a little bit more mainstream. I'm I'm certain that this fourth generation of products are going to attract a lot of new users to the form factor. And I think it's one of those products that once you get it in your hands, once you see it and use it and feel it and touch it, I think it's going to grow on people. And uh, this, this new, these new versions with the, with the improvements that I've mentioned are surely going to attract a lot of new customers. If you want to read our complete rev- our complete roundup of the of the event, we've also done a bit of a hands-on look at the Z Fold 4 and the Z Flip 4. We've also shot a little video if you want to see it in action. See it in my hands. You can watch all of that at techguide.com.au. Well, Apple has been in the news once again. They made uh, some announcements to celebrate their 40th anniversary in Australia. The uh, 40 years they've been in Australia, which is pretty cool. So what they what, what they plan to do in uh, with the with their celebrations is that they do have some uh, some carbon neutral energy uh, sustainability plans as well. They also plan to expand coding education programs, uh, and they're also partnering with indigenous led non profit organisations to advance equality and opportunity. Apple's always been a company that has had uh, a, a pretty long history with renewable energy and trying to be carbon neutral. Apple's already carbon neutral across its global facility. So in terms of their offices around the world, their stores, the whole bit, they are carbon neutral, even in their manufacturing and suppliers. Their suppliers uh, all have to give assurances that their products are made uh, with the carbon created by them being offset. Uh, Apple, I've spoken about on the show, have created a carbon-neutral smelting process. So smelting aluminium in a way that doesn't produce carbon is something that Apple actually invested in and perfected. And the most recent product that was made completely out of carbon-free aluminium was the iPhone SE. And of course, other products, probably including the upcoming iPhone 14, will also be made with the carbon-free aluminium. The, the, if you take a look on Tech Guide, I have written about this whole process. It, it is a remarkable achievement for them to be able to smelt the aluminium, create it in such a way that doesn't create any carbon. Now, Apple, as I said, carbon neutral across the board, but the next step is to make their customers carbon neutral as well, or their, I should say their customers' use of their Apple devices carbon neutral. So what they plan to do is offset the energy their customers use to charge and use their Apple products. So imagine as you use your, say you purchase an iPhone, you what the energy you use is to charge the battery. If you're a MacBook user, you also charge the battery. If you're an iMac user, you need power to run the device. That doesn't have a battery, it's a desktop computer, it's not going anywhere that needs to be powered whenever you need to use it. So Apple is going to offset the power the customers use to both charge their devices and run their devices globally. So this is this is a bold initiative that's going to cost potentially billions of dollars in the year ahead, but it will absolutely make Apple an end-to-end carbon-neutral company. Now, to get the ball rolling, Apple's going to buy the energy that's generated by a Queensland wind farm in the Upper Burdekin. So this is going to be, the wind farm will begin operation in, in three and a half years' time, and it will provide the equivalent energy to power 80,000 homes. So the energy that, they, that they're going to buy from that wind farm is what's going to be used to offset the power used by their customers. So it'll address the electricity that the customers are used to charge and run their Apple products. Big move that's going to cost a lot of money, but they're thinking, look, it's uh, if they want to, they want to be have a z- net zero climate footprint across the entire life cycle of the product from from 
production to manu- to sell to the marketing to selling it in the store to you using it then this is their this is sort of the last step of the of the way the last portion of that journey that they're about to to begin they've also apple's also announced a partnership with leading australian universities rmit in melbourne and the university of technology in sydney to expand coding education around the country uh, so they're going to be offering courses using apple's develop in swift curriculum which uses apple's swift coding language so students can once they learn this co- this coding can build uh, design and build apps that's what uh, that's what the apps are made of for the swift coding There'll be two new Apple Foundation programs that will offer four-week courses on app development fundamentals with Swift. So I think this is kind of a job of the future when you think about it. Coding is a really crucial, uh, crucial part of of creating apps and 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 all these things that people now use every single day, whether it's on their phone, on their tablet, on their computer. These are the applications that are running the world now, I think. So having a knowledge in this area is something, it's, it's really serious. And you look at it, the iOS app economy, so the, the whole ecosystem which employs jobs for coders, designers, engineers, all these people, it, it's, it's, it's booming. And it's creating this amazing job market. There's millions of jobs now in this area so it, it's becoming uh, even more popular and if you can learn how to create an app in that kind of environment in this in the, in the uh, this app economy that we're living in how many apps that you use every day you can't live without someone made that that could be you if you decide to take up one of these new courses it is it is uh, you think cast your mind back when the app store opened back in 2008 Who'd have thought we would be relying on these little mini applications that run on these little mini computers in our pocket? Today, we couldn't live without it. Apple has also made a commitment to expand the company's racial equity and justice initiative, Reggie for short. Now, this is a company-wide mission that addresses racism and creates and expands opportunities for communities of colour. Now, in Australia, the focus is on racial equity in education, the economy, and the criminal justice system. Apple has already supported organisations through funding grants. So they've uh, an example is uh, an Indigenous-led organisation that aims to directly address the over-representation of Aboriginal people in child protection and the justice systems. That's called Deadly Connections. ID is another program they've supported. Uh, it's an Indigenous-led organisation that supports Australian children living in the out-of-home care system which have been impacted by cultural dispossession, systematic disadvantage and complex trauma. There's also First Australians Capital, uh, again, another national Indigenous-led organisation that builds investment readiness and designs the right capital solutions for Indigenous businesses to thrive. So they're just some of the organisations Apple has supported through funding grants, and they're going to continue to do that. So to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the company, it's all about giving to others. So they're talking about the, the, the building that, that carbon neutrality. It's also, uh, it's, all, it's also creating those amazing new courses if you want to get into coding. And if you have a, a child in school, I would recommend, highly recommend getting them into into that kind of work, to have that kind of skill because you just never know. The jobs of the future could be something that demand those sorts of skill sets. And, of course, they're looking at uh, helping those Indigenous-led non-profit organisations to help them advance their equity and opportunity. So really generous of Apple to – it's their 40th anniversary, but they're really sort of helping uh, – they're really helping out there in the community and also uh, with uh, sustainability as well. And they've been doing this for some time. This isn't, a late, this isn't a late attempt to greenwash the business. They've been in this for quite a long time in terms of sustainability. Uh, their products, they're re- recycling the materials, using – making them from recycled material. So eventually, I think they're already sort of at that point where it's a closed loop where the devices uh, can be made from recycled materials rather than having to mine things from the ground or, or get anything from the earth. They've already got them at their disposal thanks to this closed loop where the recycled products that come back in are now being made for the new products and so on, and it continues in that loop. If you find, want to find out a little bit more, about those Apple initiatives, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. 
keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. The dark web is an underground part of the web that isn't searchable from regular search engines. It's where cyber criminals buy and sell illicit items and stolen personal information like bank account details, home addresses, credit card information and more. Norton 360 Premium includes dark web monitoring, which searches the dark web markets for your personal details and if discovered, they will notify you. Norton 360 Premium has multiple layers of protection for your devices, online privacy like a secure VPN and dark web monitoring, all in a single solution. Now, Here's what you get. You get real-time threat protection to help protect you and your devices from existing and emerging online threats. You get parental controls to help manage your kids' online time. You also get school time to manage your child's remote learning, a password manager to generate, store, and manage your passwords and other credentials more securely, safe cam for PCs, and SMS security as well. Norton 360 Premium for PCs, Macs, smartphones, or tablets is available online at au.norton.com or an electrical retailer. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Now, to kick off the reviews, we're talking about the Sennheiser Momentum 4 wireless active noise cancelling headphones. And I actually tested these on the way to New York. So where's the best place to use noise cancelling headphones? On a flight. And that's exactly what I did. The Sennheiser Momentum 4 wireless headphones offers tremendous noise cancelling and sort of gives you your own private listening space by eliminating those ambient sounds, which is exactly what you want when you're listening to your headphones. And what I like about them too, they've got a good design with padded ear cups. They've got a nice headband as well with the padding. And I found that even though I've got quite a large head, there wasn't as much pressure because of the build of the of the earphones. The the ear cups had a swivel to them. Uh, they, they were the extendable, so you can you can extend them out to fit any size head as well, including my big head. And they were comfortable. And I wore them on my flights from Sydney to LA and then LA to New York. You're talking about 18, 18 and a half hours of flying. They were comfortable all the way. So comfortable, I was even able to sleep in them. I fall, fall, uh, fell asleep in them a few times. Now, w- the mechanism, as I, like as I said, it expands to fit to fit your head perfectly, and the swivelly cups help sit perfectly on your head as well. So they're in position. When and when you're done, I like that you can fold them flat and safely store them in the included hard case. And the hard case inside the hard case is a 3.5 millimeter audio cable. So if you want to plug into the airline entertainment system, with a, there's also a system, an entertainment system adapter, you know, the one where 3.5 mil goes in, two prongs come out to listen on the plane. There's also a USB-C charging cable as well. But what about sound quality? Sennheiser hasn't disappointed here. They have well and truly delivered. They've got the onboard 42mm transducer that powers the audio performance just delivers great detail and brilliance whatever you're listening to the headphones that does get it right the really solid highs and mids just the right amount of bass as well so we're not talking overpowering your bass just enough to to make it even better I, I describe it in my review as it's like mixing a cocktail the ingredients are right and they're blended together perfectly just like any other good cocktail Adaptive noise cancellation is also on board, not just active, but adaptive noise cancellation, and it does live up to its name, so it does make a difference. It's not like a one-size-fits-all solution, so it's not like just jamming everything it hears. It adapts to what it hears. So if in, in the case of us on the plane, there's this drone, the jet engine, it knows that it's got a frequency it needs to produce to, to get that cancelled out, and that's what it did. Uh, and it, if there's more, it would produce more frequencies to to, to like black block that out as well now as a result i was listening mainly to movies uh, watching movies and tv shows on my ipad air and i was connected via bluetooth and i was able to easily hear what i was listening to even in the in-flight entertainment system it works perfectly so you don't even have to have the volume all the way up to hear it clearly because of the noise cancellation you're easily able to hear exactly what you're listening to 
Now, I think the level of active noise cancellation here is pretty admirable. This is, I think it's in the same ballpark as what Bose and Sony can produce with their flagship headphones. And they're kind of top of the line when it comes to ANC combined with audio quality. So Sennheiser's in good company here. I think that they can uh, they can stand shoulder to shoulder with those other brands and you are able to hear that really excellent audio quality as well as the active noise cancellation. Now, the, the noise cancellation, the quality of the noise cancellation, I think, was proven by the fact that I could sleep wearing them on the plane. Now, here's a little thing that I learned about sleeping on a plane. And I, 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 can, I can sleep on a plane because I normally wear earplugs on the plane. The reason for that is that the, jet, the sound of a jet engine produces a frequency that frequency can disrupt our circadian rhythm. Our circadian rhythm is our body's way of falling asleep. If there's a frequency interrupting that rhythm, we're not as easily able to fall asleep and stay asleep if we're hearing the drone of these engines. So what I normally do is I get straight out the soft earbuds and roll them up, squeeze them in my ears, then they expand in my ears and I'm not able to hear a thing. Well, the Sennheiser ANC is that quality of noise cancellation. That's why I was able to fall asleep and stay asleep while I was wearing the headphones for hours at a time. And I'm just trying to prove that having the earbuds, which I normally have in the earplugs, if I want to sort of lay the, lay the seat flat and have a proper sleep, that's I'll take off the headphones and use the, use the earplugs. But to, to, to demonstrate the quality of the active noise cancellation on the plane... I was able to fall asleep just as easily wearing the headphones as I was with the earplugs. So, uh, big tick there. The transparency mode is is also on board. So, if you want to hear your surroundings, like when you're asked, like when when we're were asked for a drink, like you know when you're watching your movies and the the flight attendant comes up and asks you for your menu selection or if you want a, a drink or something, uh, I was able to the the transparency mode. I was able to activate uh, so I could hear. The other thing I like is rather than what I use more often than transparency mode was simply just taking, removing the headphones, just or one ear cup, and that would automatically pause the music I'm listening to or the movie I'm watching, and I'm able to hear. Uh, transparency mode can be used for that as well. I just wish it was a little bit easier to access. The gesture, the, oh, the right ear cup has gesture control, so you can tap it for to play and pause. Uh, you swipe forward, swipe backwards to control your volume. But the ANC to transparency mode is to spread your fingers apart on the right touchpad, on the right uh, ear cup. And I found that where, when I was doing that, it was I was pausing my music or something was happening. And to go back to ANC, you're supposed to slide your two fingers together. So it's like, you know, when you zoom, pinch and zoom on a phone and then do, do you zoom and then you can go back in. That's the gesture that to on the right ear cup to get ANC to transparency mode, which was I found I had to pause the music and then try the gesture. I ended up just doing that. There's another way you can just double tap if your music's paused. That will do it as well. For my, for mine, that was too much trouble. There's a, there's a physical button on the headphones that it's only used to activate your noise, your, your voice assistant. Why didn't they make that little physical button a way to toggle between noise cancellation, transparency mode? Simple. Something you use so often is a bit hard to get to. That's probably one of the only downsides of the headphones. They sound great, feel great, are comfortable, but that little that little feature could be made a lot easier. So, uh, yeah, that's my suggestion to, to Sennheiser. There's also the Sennheiser Control, Smart Control app that has a customizable EQ, uh, preset equalizer as well, and, uh, and lets you set up. Here's a good feature called the Sound Zone. So it lets you set up up to... 20 sound zones, so the headphones uh, adjust EQs, uh, active noise cancellation and transparency based on where you are, whether it's at, the ho at home or in the office or in the gym, it allows you to have that set up automatically. Here's another impressive part of the headphones is the battery life. 60 hours of battery life, would you believe? We flew from Sydney to New York with ANC turned on. That's 18 hours of flying. We still had 70% battery remaining. We didn't use 70%. We had 70% remaining. So battery life, big tick. 
Uh, you can also, there's a mode where you can charge for 10 minutes and set and get up to six hours of listening time. The Sennheiser Momentum 4 wireless noise cancelling headphones are available now, priced at $549.95. If you want to read our complete review, check it out, techguide.com.au. Zeus has just announced their pricing and availability for their new Republic of Gamers, ROG for short, for their new ROG Phone 6 series. The ROG Phone 6 and ROG Phone 6 Pro are powered by the Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1 mobile platform, up to 3.2 gigahertz CPU clock speeds, an amazing 18 gig of RAM, up to 18 gig of RAM, 512 gig storage. These are phones that are serious gaming devices, okay? Designed just for that. Now, they're the only phone that come with a special cooling system, GameCool 6, which includes 360-degree CPU cooling technology to improve and increase heat dissipation. This thing heats up. It's a serious gaming device. Uh, it also has a new performance manager, so the ROG Phone 6 users can tune the performance based on the type of game they're playing. The ROG Phone series has a 6.78-inch, 165Hz AMOLED HDR10 Plus display with a 720Hz touch sampling rate and 23ms ultra-low touch latency. Screens have uh, amazing, provide an amazing mobile gaming experience. They've got amazing colours, really crisp resolution as well. And on the audio side, the GameFX audio system aboard the ROG Phone 6 has symmetrical seven-magnet dual speakers with fire for, which fire forward to give you this just a, an immersive soundtrack. And it has a 6,000 milliamp-hour battery on board, which has been optimised to offer you longer playtime uh, and 65-watt hypercharge as well, so fast charging when you need to power up again. On the camera side, the ROG Phone 6 has a triple camera system, which includes a 50-megapixel main wide-angle and, imp and with improved image quality and HDR processing. It's got an ultra-wide 30-megapixel camera and a macro camera. Now, the ROG Phone G comes with 16-gig RAM, 512-gig storage, is available in phantom black and storm white, includes Aura RGB lighting on the back panel. Yeah, you can light up the phone. Uh, it is, uh, and the ROG Phone 6 Pro has 18 gig of RAM, 512 gig of storage, is available only in Storm White, and includes the color ROG Vision Mini display on the back panel. It's got a second display on the back panel. Serious stuff. ROG Phone 6, $17.99, available this month at JB Hi-Fi. ROG Phone 6 Pro, $19.99. And available in September at JB Hi-Fi. If you want to check them out more closely, you can see them. Techguide.com.au. Snapchat has released a new safety mode, this in-app safety tool for parents. It's called Family Center. Now, Family Center helps parents get an insight in what their children and their friends are doing, uh, who they're communicating with, but it still respects their privacy. I think this is a really smart move that gives parents that peace of mind. Just like a parent in the real world wants to know who their kids are hanging out with, wants to know where they're going, what they're up to, but doesn't listen in on their conversations. They just want to know where they are. They want to know they're safe. That's what this does online. So the move was inspired by the recent findings of a, of a survey of more than 9,000 teens, young adults and parents as well. It found that 68% of teens admitted to being exposed to at least one online risk, while parents who regularly check in with their teens estimated this risk to be at 70%. So it's all about giving parents that peace of mind so they know if something happens on, online, if their child reports something, for example, they'll get a notification so that they're aware that something may have happened. So I think it, it is the, the, the goal of this is for a, a child to feel safe on the platform and for a parent to know their child is safe on the platform. And it, it is the, the platform they've, they've designed 
it's really easy to navigate. So there's a version of what the parent sees. That's all on Tech Guide as well. There's a version of what the the child that the, their child sees as well. So it's all there in front of them, really easy to access. So uh, a parent uh, who who doesn't already have that sort of open dialogue with their child, they, this is an ideal addition to to that. If if they already have that, this this makes it even better. If they don't have that, this is a great starting point so that they can. Make sure their kids are hanging out with the right crowd. They're not listening on in their conversations. They're not seeing, sharing what they're sharing, but they know who they're associating with and what they're doing, which is uh, kind of the whole idea of parenting is to keep your child safe. This is a great way and a great way for them to be helped by Snapchat is with Family Centre. It's going to roll out in the US, the UK, Australia, New Zealand and Canada. Additional countries will be added later this year. If your child is on Snapchat, and you want to know that they're being safe, they're taking care and who they're hanging out with, then Family Centre is what you need to get fired up on your device. If you want to find out more about that, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad-band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is proudly brought to you by Belkin. Belkin is where they make all kinds of cables, power banks. They make MagSafe cases, earphones, wide range of products sold in Apple stores too. They make charging stands for your head, for your, your iPhone, your, your Apple Watch. So many products to choose from. Check out their range at belkin.com forward slash au. Now, I think last week we spoke about, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about traveling. People are traveling again and what they need to do with their SIM cards and various things. And this week, we're going to talk about a, a similar product for traveling which is an adapter. So you, you are, if you're out on the go, uh, you may be a, bit, a little bit out of practice packing your bag for what you need to charge your devices. Well, we've written about a new, a new product called the One World Adapter. Uh, this is, it's called the One World 65. And this is a device that, that has gallium nitride. So this is a technology that me, it produces less heat uh, which means faster charging speeds. Uh, this is a product that can be used in more than 200 countries. So you know how when you travel, you need a, an adapter for to go to the US, to go to the, London, to go to Asia, wherever you happen to be, go to Europe. You need a different adapter. This has them all built in. So these things pop out of the back. Whatever country you happen to be in, it'll produce the right prongs for your for the country that you happen to be in. On top of that, it does provide the ability to charge up to six USB devices at once. So we're talking phone, tablet, cameras, whatever you want that needs power, your laptop even, from this one adapter. Uh, and it also has 65-watt USB-C PD, that's power delivery charging, for fast charging smartphones and, uh, and tablets and even charging your MacBook as well without the need for an external power brick. Uh, and you, you, there also has a 20 watt uh, USPD that's power delivery charging port as well. It's got one 65 watt, one 20 watt, one USB C, two USB A, and it's got a 10 amp AC universal power outlet. Works in more than 200 countries and lets you charge up to six devices at the same time. It's priced at $99 and it's from oneadapter.com. The link is on Tech Guide. But in this time now where people are traveling in, look, look at me, here I am in New York. You do need to get uh, sort out your charging needs. And the beauty of this product is it's it's all you need to do is pack a couple of cables and this and you got all your charging needs sorted without having to carry bags of cables and batteries and all that sort of stuff. You've got all that covered. If you want to read more about that, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. 
And that is our show for this week. If you want to read uh, anything more, if you need to find out anything more about what we've spoken about, you can find it all at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email, info at techguide.com.au, or just click on the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the site. That will also direct an email to me. We want to thank our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the companies that support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.